lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Of course, it's a Wednesday, which means we will have buy, sell, or hold coming up next hour. No Daniel Horowitz. He actually thinks he deserves vacations now. I mean, he's got a book. It's number one in pre-sales, and dude suddenly decides he doesn't have to work himself to the bone any longer. So he ha- he is on vacation. Uh, he will join us again next week. At the bottom of this hour, though, we have a more than worthy replacement. Our old friend, Dr. Ryan Cole, will join us, and we'll go uh, inside the latest data, particularly when it comes to the jab. We will be doing that here Uh, At the bottom of the hour, you don't want to miss that. Speaking of the jab, this is something that I thought last year absolutely was going to occur. And we openly discussed it and talked about it quite a bit on the show. And then this year, I didn't think it was going to happen. Because I, I just thought the cult here, the cultic slavish devotion to this overall agenda by those most connected with and simps for the spirit of the age, they, they just, as much as this would be a beneficial political point for them to make, they just, they couldn't go against their own breeding. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't go against your own worldview, but in fairness, this is something that a lot of you would often send me send us notes or buy, sell, or hold suggestions that this was bound to happen. This story just broke within the hour from Politico. The Trump administration pressured the FDA to authorize unproven treatments for COVID-19 and the first COVID-19 vaccines on an accelerated timeline. According to a House report released this morning, Trump sought fast, see that as reckless, approval of the COVID-19 jabs to sway voters before the 2020 election. Politico, Politico, you're making it sound like that's a bad thing. Mm, Indeed. Um... It appears that Donald Trump may indeed be on the brink of receiving the credit that he believes he deserves. Now, we shall see. What we have here now are dueling cults. With Well, uh, let me rephrase that. It's one cult. You have here, though, dueling facets, or shall we use the term denominations, within said cult... It's like the it's like the faction of Jonestown that actually wanted to leave. Yes. Um, What's C.S. Lewis say? One house, many rooms. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same cult, same cult members, but there are we could see dueling factions here, which is we have to stop Donald Trump from winning the presidency, no matter what. Aaron, you had that clip from MSNBC yesterday where. The woman said that she thought the reason Democrats think the country's on the wrong track and are so negative is because they're concerned the way things are going. It is setting the stage for Trump to return and steal the elections of 22 and 24. 
People like me and Julie Kelly are already on record. They will indict. They will will arrest Donald Trump. They will do whatever it takes to try to disqualify him from the ballot. Whatever it takes. Could the allure of that faction within the cult actually went out over, yes, give my child 72 injections before they say their first word. Is that possible? I know I said just a few minutes ago, guys, as we were discussing this before the show began, I just, I still didn't see it, but then I stopped and thought. And one of the reasons why I didn't see it is because they have to understand that by pinning the poisonous jabs on Trump, it does call into question the entire apparatus that allowed these things to come to market in the first place. It clearly does. It calls its credibility completely into question. And that would be cutting off your nose in spite of your face. I mean, that would that would be sacrificing a long-term creed for a short-term political gain And I just couldn't see them doing that. And then when I went into the bathroom to get prayed up and to pee before the show, it dawned on me, that's actually what they do on everything else. We just steal elections in in broad daylight. We just lie in the media in broad daylight. We We neglect all warnings that it will irreparably harm media credibility and just go with it anyway. The lie is the point, The lie is the point, Todd. You're right. That this actually would kind of fit the MO because it's what they've done on everything else. This is the party of Esau. Whatever it takes to get a pot of stew today, whatever birthright has to be sold, whatever legacy must be tarnished, if forevermore, the Esau party says, fill my belly. I'm your Huckleberry. Because they also know this. Yeah, a lot of our people will never buy in to the magical power of vaccines, as you as you put it, Todd. We'll never buy into this biomedical fascist state ever again. But they know their people will no matter what they tell them. No matter what they tell them, no matter what lies, they know they will. And then they'll just, you know, lie to win elections or steal them and then use the coercive force of government to try to force us to comply against our will or to draw us out into the streets for an armed conflict so they can then roll out tanks and do to us what they really want to do. Right? Yes. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by prison. Anthony Fauci is going on a media blitz, shamelessly gaslighting the entire country in an attempt to shore up his public image before his announced retirement later this year. Here's just a few things he said this week. So uh, this wasn't a way to avoid uh, Republican investigations if they take over the House and or the Senate. Oh, Neil, not at all. Not even a little bit. I mean, I have nothing to hide and I can defend everything I've done and every decision I've made. Things that we thought we knew in the beginning turned out as the months went by to not be the case, which really forced us to adapt and to change some of our policies and recommendations. That was interpreted by many as flip-flopping or not really knowing what's going on when it really was the evolution 
of the science. Do you regret particularly the last one, the shutdown, the sweeping shutdown that some yeah. said made things worse? No, I, I, I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. And now this from Justin Hart. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down a country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily Mm. the country, I think is important. Well, if I knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread, obviously we would have shut down earlier. There are those who say you shut down your destructive things by disrupting the economy. And others say, well, if you save so many infections by shutting down, why didn't you shut down two weeks early? The newest Pew survey on Joe Biden's job approval shows a continuing downward trend. Only 37% approve of the job he's doing and 60% disapprove overall. Biden is underwater by 30 points with men, 34 to 64. Underwater with women by 17 points, 40 to 57. Underwater with whites by 36 points, 31 to 67. Clinging to approval with blacks, 52 to 44. Underwater with Hispanics by three points, 47 to 50. Barely approved by those with a postgraduate degree, 50 to 49. Underwater with those without a college degree by 26 points, 35 to 61. And underwater with young people between the age of 18 to 29 by 28 points, 35 to 63. In completely unrelated news, the Biden administration is set to announce at any moment forgiveness of $10,000 of student loans and lengthen the pause on paying back those loans. According to the federal government, the average student loan debt for federal loans is almost $40,000. In further completely unrelated news, the United States is sending another $3 billion of aid to Ukraine to celebrate the six-month anniversary of the conflict with Russia. The total aid the United States has sent over there is now around the $60 billion mark. The ACLU says the FBI searched emails, texts, and other electronic communications of upwards of 3.4 million Americans without a warrant. The queries were made between December of 2020 and November of 2021 by FBI personnel under the guise of looking for signs and threats of terrorists and hacking. A slew of Florida school boards flipped conservative yesterday during the state's statewide primaries and local elections. The 1776 Project PAC is reporting flipped seats in several Florida counties, including flipping five county school boards from liberal to conservative majorities, one of which is Miami-Dade County, a huge accomplishment. You'll remember last week when we had Ryan Walters on the show, he easily won his election for Oklahoma Public Education Commissioner yesterday, beating out the Democrats' well-funded teachers' union-backed candidate. Aaron's Razor update, it's just demonic, bro. In Florida, this father says that Clay County District Schools secretly, quote-unquote, transitioned his 12-year-old daughter without his knowledge and affirmed his daughter's male name and pronouns. We removed her from the school environment and place her in homebound. We brought her back from her confusion. She is steadfast and sure of her gender and the suicidal ideation is gone. 
th this semester, actually, she is ready to go back to the brick and mortar school setting. In summary, our daughter was suicidal when she was being affirmed. However, when she was brought back from that state of confusion, the suicidal ideation disappeared completely. Therefore, my daughter's case disproves the current narrative that the lives of children with gender dysphoria are in jeopardy if they do not get affirmed. If you validate one delusion, then what is next? The father shared his testimony in front of Florida State Surgeon General Joe Latipo. By the way, all three liberal school board candidates in that district lost their elections to conservatives yesterday. Checking in on TikTok. So I'm going to say my pronouns real quick and why. So he spelled H-Y um, is because I'm agender and I just like the masculinity, but I don't want to be associated with men. God is me validating my agenderness because I don't view myself as a god. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in gods. Um, but I just like the, um, not feeling, but how it's perceived with me. So god, the reason why I use it is because as an agender person, I don't have a gender. Um, so it's like I'm existing and I'm not existing at the same time. God. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. A new study shows an alarming link between being a conspiracy theorist and not having myocarditis. And that's what happened while we were away. That'll preach. Aaron's uh, montage brought to you by our friends over at Bonner Private Wine, one of Todd's personal favorites. Some of the best red wines on planet Earth, uh, 9,000 feet of altitude are these Malbec grapes grown deep in the Andes Mountains by families that have been doing this now, guys, for going on a second century. So they're making wine the old-fashioned way, and you can taste the difference. Uh, these are really high-end imported wines, and you won't believe how affordable we have made it for you. Uh, you get half off the wine and half off the shipping when you go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. And on top of that, a new offer as well, a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So that's now four bottles for the price of three with half off both the wine and and the shipping. You can't beat it. Go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. That's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Let's get to the montage. Anthony Fauci is the most dishonest, evil public figure in American history. He is gaslighting, dishonesty, lie incarnate all he does is lie all he knows how to do is lie just like his father the father of lies who was a liar from the beginning there were, were there were people we put on trial for their lives at Nuremberg that did not do as much damage as Anthony Fauci has. The Pew Research Survey, Pew is one of the last remaining public polling firms I have any uh, belief in integrity in. 
not necessarily because I think they're the most accurate, but I think that their methodology is one of the few that I think at least is still trying to give you a somewhat accurate assessment of the American populace. And that's not the most ringing endorsement. To kind of maybe sort of <laughs> yeah. doing it okay. As I was saying, I'm like, I don't know that Pew's going to be a sponsor on the show anytime soon. All right. But right now, if you've watched yesterday's fake news or not, that's the best I've so got, you're guys. Saying there's a chance. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're like intentional hatchet men. All right. I'm not saying they're good at it. <laughs> Better than Hillary. There you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, the dog does return to its own vomit. Yes. That Pew survey, where there's only two demographics, those with a postgraduate degree, so the most educated, to which former NBC uh, sports reporter Michelle Tafoya tweeted back at me yesterday, that doesn't mean they're the best informed or the smartest. Ain't that the truth? Okay. Amen. Um, but the best educated and blacks are the only two demographics left. The only two. Now, I'm sure if we, they did not do this with women. He's underwater by 17 with women overall. I'm sure if this was split, you know, if the Karen vote was given its own demo in this survey, that would have been a third. Okay. They did not do that. They just put women together. Okay. But, um, and does blacks even really count because what it was a while ago compared to what it is now? Yeah, I've, I've never seen an approval rating that low for a Democratic president. Right. And 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 I I would be willing to bet without even researching it, it's the lowest approval rating amongst blacks ever for an American president. Exactly, that's my point. I mean, I, I would be willing to, I mean, to me, without even researching it, looking at it, just understanding the actual election trend, guys, Trump got the highest percentage of black votes by any Republican since 1960 in the last presidential election and he got like 12%, okay? So, I mean, he held the, holding the Democrats under 90% of the black vote in the last half century is a Herculean task for a Republican. So, I mean, to, to see a 52-44 favorable to unfavorable, I've never seen anything like that with a Democrat. I mean, you certainly didn't see it in the Obama years, obviously, because of identity politics. I mean, yeah, Bill Clinton was billed as the first black president by people like Toni Morrison and Jesse Jackson back in the day. So I doubt that happened in the 90s when he was president. So at the very least now, <clears throat> we are going back to, I mean, the previous Democratic president before Clinton was Jimmy Carter. So you're going back to an era where we were probably in the nascent stages of polling racial and ethnic demographics in the 70s. Like, we didn't even pull Hispanics back then. That didn't start until, like, well into the 80s, you know? So I would be willing to bet that's the lowest approval rating for a Democrat president by blacks ever, ever. To, to draw an analogy, and there's far more white evangelicals than there are blacks, <clears throat> but if... I mean, white evangelicals were like a third of the 2020 presidential electorate. It's just an example, okay? Um, that would be the equivalent to when we talk about loyal groups. And blacks are even more loyal to the Democrats than white evangelicals are. I mean, I mean, most Republicans, no matter who they are, can get to like 70%. The best ones can get like over 80. Trump got 81 or 82, I want to say. All right? That would be the equivalent, but we have no other group that's that loyal within the Republican Party other than white evangelicals, which is why they attack you all the time in the media, because you're the most loyal voting bloc that the Republicans have. Okay. Um, it would be the equivalent of Trump having like a 52, 55% approval rating amongst white evangelicals. That's, that's danger time. That's like, you know, hang it up. Like, 
we're done here, moving on. I, I've just never seen a number like that. Um, and I don't think that this student loan forgiveness, like if you look at the 18 to 34 vote in that Pew Research, what is it, minus 28? Minus 28. He's at minus 28 with 18 to 34-year-olds in that survey. So that's what the student loan forgiveness is about. Okay? And, and, and but help me understand Forget the morality of it and the soundness of the policy for a second. But let's just set all that aside and let's just look at this politically. I don't understand this play. Right? I mean, I just, I don't understand the benefit of it on any level. So Aaron pointed out that in his montage, the average American's student loan debt is well north of 30%. If you're a postgraduate, it's obviously going to be a lot higher. Who's more, whose supporters are more likely to be on the high end of student loan debt at this stage? Democrats or Republicans? Democrats. I mean, the longer you're in, the, the more you're at a university, the more debt you accrue, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So help me understand the big play here is we're going to get our voters back by quote unquote forgiving. And you can save your emails. I know they can't forget. I know, I, I know all this. I'm not, I'm not addressing the soundness and morality of the policy. I'm just addressing the pure political ploy here. I don't understand the big play is forgiving one-fourth of your student loan debt. When I am literally on a almost twice-a-week basis sending hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions, to Ukraine. Like, I don't understand. Now, now Republicans, of course, can't make this. Can't, this is an easy ad. This would be a simple ad. How much is how much does a how much does a fleet of green shirts cost? Right, just Zelensky in his green shirt, and then you have like green backs going to Zelensky and flush down a toilet in Ukraine. Right, but hey, it's okay. They gave you back one fourth of your student loan debt. They they took care of that for you, because apparently Ukraine matters more than you. Ukraine has an unlimited withdrawal account with no interest. You get one-fourth of your student loan debt back. I mean, that's an easy commercial to run, right? Okay. Except Republicans, like no Republicans can actually run that commercial. Like almost none of them can because they almost all voted for the Ukraine scam. So almost none of them can actually run the ad. It's like, you know, nominating the guy who came up with Obama's worst health care idea before he did to challenge him for the next go around, right? It's like the state of Pennsylvania. There's 13 million people almost, almost 13 million people live in Pennsylvania. And the final two combatants for one of its only two U.S. senator gigs are the proto-promoter of child mutilation, Dr. Oz, and the mom's basement dweller who's a living vaccine adverse effect uh, statistic, John Fetterman, who can't string a sentence together uh, after a stroke. That's the, that 13 million people nearly live in Pennsylvania, and they whittled it down. Those are the two best options to send to Washington, D.C. on their behalf to the House of Lords. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, this is an easy ad Republicans could run. They cannot run it because they all, almost all of them are in on the Zelensky uh, scam. But that notwithstanding, like if I'm 25 years old, One-fourth, that, that's it? We can, everybody else gets a blank check? Defense contractors get a blank check. Ukraine gets a blank check. I get one-fourth? You know what this reminded me of? 
Frankly, this reminded me of the Georgia recall. When Democrats went out there for huge stimulus checks in January, do you remember this, of last year? And McConnell had just done another continuing resolution. I, I will I will not be intimidated. I will I will not. This reckless. We have we have gender studies programs in Pakistan. We have to teach those Pakistanis how to pack fudge. And therefore, um, we have to we gotta send we gotta send the money back into Pakistan. But I will not be bullied into giving the root and branch of this treasury back to the actual people paying into it. Remember that? I do. I mean, it was a brilliant get-out-the-vote program. Um, One party says, we'll give you free money. The other party says, we're going to give Pakistan free money. I'm really shocked that that didn't pay off, aren't you? You'd like maybe do an entire political science curriculum on how that election gambit did not work. I mean, the, the mysteries just continue to unfold. This reminds me of that from the other side. Do you not even Democrat, bro? Write it all off. Help me understand, or at least like write off half of it. And then for whoever the Democrat nominee is in 24, they get to write off the other half. Ten, one fourth? That's the best you got the day after you hand you Zelensky another few billion bucks? Did you get 10 grand back? That's it. That ain't covering a minus 28, brother. All right. That is not covering a minus 20. Has everybody just gone dumb? Do we have to do the Democrats? I'm used to doing Republicans jobs for them on this show. Do we have to do Democrats jobs for them now? That's your math. Who came up with this idea? Mitch McConnell? You get one fourth of your loan forgiven. After we give Ukraine three billion more. You cannot sell that. That's not swaying anybody. Come on, man. Do you even Democrat, bro? Fire up the photocopier and let's get busy printing or get busy dying. Am I wrong here? A little bit. Okay. But you're wrong because you're more right about something else. Remember the number of times you said the people are the problem? Yes. Do you remember the last two and a half years where they said uh, lockdown, mask up, jab, the jab doesn't work, mask harder, and everybody just kind of took it? It They're sitting there in their rooms and just like there's zero respect. They know they're not going to be held accountable. They don't care if they win or lose because they have the power anyways. So you're, you're just, you are being dace of... Like seven years ago, right? So now. you think and Democrats, that's adorable and I Democrats like it. just don't even think they have to bribe people anymore. They win either way. All right. So Aaron, your this, this is your age group. Yeah, this issue to me is becoming like marijuana has been to you. It really has been. It's like we are so our entire system right now, as it's currently constructed, and I'm reminded of this acutely every tax season, is just inherently immoral and disgusting. Inherently immoral and disgusting. I'm having trouble finding the level of outrage that I know a lot of people would like to see from people like me about this issue. I've never said that what this is is moral. Never said that once. Never said that once. Um, I I just I don't I don't I I don't I don't care. I, there does, are does ten there grand. Are, there was a video in our montage. Of a dad in Florida, in Florida, 
who had his 12-year-old daughter out from under him transitioned by school officials. So I know this wasn't the point of this conversation, but that's just where I am with this issue now. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, it's just... Uh, Will this buy you your generation off? No. Because I don't think so either. No. Like, okay, I'll, I'll maybe go to a minus 17. But you're not turning around a minus 28 by only paying off one-fourth of my. I have to... I You know what? I've got to believe the American people are bigger whores than that. Okay? I mean, if, if, if it has come to the point that you don't have to, you don't have to buy me off like a high-priced Vegas call girl or one of Hef's harems, but like I'm just literally, you know, with a pack of Newport lights on a street corner runaway... If it's if that's all we then then we are really done here. If that's the price. Steve, now. what's the name of the three Kardashian sisters? <laughs> all right, we can't end this segment this way. So let me let me end it on a good note. Our man Ryan Walters with a big win last night. Yes. In Oklahoma. Yep. And he's likely on his way now to winning the general election. That's why they poured so much money into that primary in such a red state. So congrats to our man Ryan Walters. And a big win for him and for Sanity last night down there in the state of Oklahoma. Got another fanboy email about one of our partners here on the show that I want to share with you. This one is from Wes. I've tried Built Bars and loved them, but never ordered any. In March, I was diagnosed type 2 diabetic. Couldn't handle the medication, so I joined Weight Watchers as my, as my wife was having great success four months later. Uh, my, my, everything is looking a lot better. And I'm also now very conscious of everything that I eat. I miss candy bars, but they're like 10 or more points on Weight Watchers on average. And then I checked Built Bar on my Weight Watchers app. Was I ever surprised? Three points, brother. I checked them on my wife's also as uh, being a diabetic. It sometimes costs me points. It doesn't cost her. Uh, an example is fruit. Non-diabetics get all they want point-free. However, it costs me points. I checked the sugar content also, four grams per bar. I can live with that literally. I will gratefully accept a box if you want to gift me one for this revelation. Thanks for all that you three do. Well, Wes... Yeah, I'm willing to do that. I have one box left for my pumpkin stash. One that I had been saving for this fall in case there was not a new specialty pumpkin brand from Built Bar. You're laughing, but you understand also the level of sacrifice that I'm about to make. All right? Love knows no greater man than this that Dace would give up a stash from his pumpkin spice. But I'm about to do it. All right. Todd has a headache. So he just, he's got a migraine over there. <laughs> I love it so much. So Wes, I've already asked the wife to send it out to you. And there you go. It's on its way. A full unopened box of paranormal pumpkin from Bilt Bar. One of the best flavors I think they've ever put out. It's phenomenal. So um Ask and you shall receive. Now, I know what the rest of you are thinking. The answer is no. No, not happening. Wes asked first. 
He gets in, the rest of you, buy them yourself. And you can get them for 15% off when you use the promo code DACE for the best protein bar of all time. And it's, it is, Wes is right, it is one heck of a candy bar substitute, guys. All right, so many great flavors. All of them covered in real chocolate. You cannot beat it. And they're all 180 calories or less. Several of them are a lot less. Built.com is where you want to go. Use my last name, Dace, as your promo code to get 15% off at Built.com. Promo code Dace for Built Bar. You saw it here, folks. Parting the Red Sea, burning bush, loaves and fishes, and Steve sent a box of pumpkin Built Bar. I mean, miracles happen, folks. Yes. Yes, you are. You are. These are prophetic times. Yes, they are. That's what they are. Let's bring in a longtime friend of the show, Dr. Ryan Cole. It's been too long, brother. How are you? Hey, great to see you, Steve. Uh, yeah, these are miraculous times. Uh, Built bars going out to the masses. <laughs> Remind our audience, Ryan, your background and how extensive it is really since COVID began. Sure. Uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, Mayo Clinic trained, anatomic clinical pathologist, board certified, uh, run an independent laboratory, seen about 500,000 patients in my career, did about 175,000 COVID tests through the pandemic here through the laboratory, and expert in uh, immunology, did PhD work there, virology, et cetera. So just been trying to be a voice of reason and science the entire way through for the last couple of years of chaos. Mm. I want our conversation today to be explicitly about the jab, okay? So can you give us your background for, as a pathologist of how closely you have studied the jab, its effects, what it's done to people, uh, autopsy samples, et cetera? Can you give us just a little yeah. a description so on that? And I like that you call it a jab because it's not a vaccine. It's a gene-based product being injected into people, uh, making people's cells turn into a spike uh, production factory. And your body makes a spike protein. And the spike protein, from countless studies throughout the world, peer-reviewed data, uh, the spike protein is toxic. So the authorities that be chose a toxic part of this virus to make your body make. And this spike protein, what I've seen, autopsy tissues, uh, youngsters, uh, middle age, older people, etc. cetera, uh, heart inflammation, lung inflammation, brain inflammation, liver inflammation, that lipid nanoparticle that covers the sequence they inject into your body goes everywhere and can land anywhere. And it is, and it's causing acute inflammation, which can lead to cardiac arrhythmias, which can lead to acute death, like we see in athletes and this sudden adult death syndrome that's happening everywhere. And then clotting, uh, the primary mechanism of COVID itself, it was a clotting disease, especially the earlier variants, Omicron, not as much. But the, the spike protein from the shot is to the ancestral variants. So it's still very thrombogenic or causes clots. So this this shot is neither safe and it's definitely not effective. In fact, it's negatively effective, as you know. If you get the shot, you have a much higher increased risk of getting um, sick with COVID now because you're immune suppressed and it's a dose dependent curve. And I tell people, I'm not here to judge you. If you got one shot because you were trying to do what you thought was right at the time, don't get two. And if you got two, don't get three. And if you got three, don't get four. The more you get, the more spike protein your body makes, the more of this chronic toxin you have in your body. And the biggest problem, especially with the mRNA shots, is it's synthetic. They put a pseudouridine in here instead of a uridine. It persists in the body. So if you are infected, 
infected. You may have spike and virus in your body that's active for maybe a week or so, a little bit longer if you're a little more immune suppressed. But with the shot, we know from studies from Stanford, Dr. Rolkin and the journal Cell, that the, the sequence persists in your body at least 60 days. And that's when she stopped in order to publish. And then the spike itself at low grade level chronically circulates as well. So it's a chronic dose dependent toxin. It's literally poisoning cells of the body. And we also know from studies from the American Heart Association two weeks ago in a big Thailand study, the spike protein is a heart toxin. And, and one out of three children in the Thailand study showed heart manifestations after the shot. One out of three. So how many of our children would we push out into the street out of, you know, three kids, you know, my three kids, and I'm saying, you know, one out of these three, let's just push them into the street in front of a car. We'd never do something that insane. So we're still hearing mandates. We're still hearing shot requirements in New Orleans and D.C., literally requesting that children are required to have a heart toxin put into their body. The spike is dangerous. The spike is the toxic part of the virus. It's causing harm. It's causing death. It's causing clotting. And it's causing countless neurologic conditions as well. A big data out of Israel showed that from their own government. So, you know, that this shot still exists in humanity is insane because the shots are to the ancestral variant of the virus that went extinct over a year and a half ago. And now they say, well, we have a booster that's bivalent coming this fall. Well, that bivalent booster, Moderna's is to BA1 and the ancestral strain, which are both extinct. So they want you to get a shot for two extinct variants of a virus, So, which is pure insanity. Here, go get two shots or one shot with two parts in it to two viruses that are now extinct. And then uh, Pfizer's will have sequences of BA4 and BA5, which as we see from the South Africa data, BA5 is gone. So by the time Pfizer's rolls out this fall, it will also be to two extinct variants of the virus. And there's no human data really to show that these are safe uh, because of the corruption at the FDA authorizing their emergency rule to allow this additional uh, bivalent to come forth without human studies. So the shot is dangerous. It uh, doesn't matter if it's effective, which we know it's not. It doesn't matter if it's effective if it's not safe, and we know it's not safe. It is It is a cardiotoxin. It's a neurotoxin. It's a whole body toxin. And the world continues in an insanity that is uh, illogical, non-scientific, and inexplicable. You just answered like the next four questions I was going to ask you. <laughs> in that incredible answer. So in the time we have remaining, then let's, let's try to tackle some big picture views. When you talk about immunosuppression, are you saying that a byproduct of these shots is that it alters or suppresses your immune system as an over overall functionality, not just that it's ineffective against extinct variants of the virus? Absolutely. And this is one of the biggest problems of all. So everybody hears in the news, antibodies, antibodies, what are my antibodies? Antibody schmantibodies. That, that's an indicator that someone's had a disease. And antibodies are kind of a secondary response to a disease. What really matters is your innate immune system, your T cells, your CD8 cells, your natural killer cells, your macrophages, your dendritic cells. That's the innate immediate response. Those are the Marines. They're on, on the front line all the time looking for invaders and stopping them. 
we know from countless studies that these cells decrease in number as well as decreasing in activity after exposure to the spike protein. We know from several studies that the spike can actually bind and get into those T cells and then inactivate them and or cause them to self-destruct. So we see cell counts going down, again, in that dose-dependent curve, the more shots you get, the more chronically suppressed these Marines are. They're, it's sending them to the barracks and they're falling asleep or drunk, you know, drunk on post. It, it, they're, they're not able to surveil and act like they're supposed to. And in addition, there's a very important chemical our body makes called interferons. Interferons are critical both in infectious responses in the body, but also in cancer surveillance responses. The higher your interferon on responses, the stronger your body is at fighting off uh, infections and keeping cancers in check. We know that the spike protein additionally suppresses interferon. Is that what's leading to the spike in cancers we're seeing right now? That's one of the many mechanisms. So the microclotting can lead to that because uh, tissues that are robbed of oxygen tend to mutate. The interferon drop, the inability of T cells to fight off uh, in atypical cells, um, just countless mechanisms, binding of the spike protein to critical uh, genes like P53 and BRCA, which are tumor promoter genes. So there's so many mechanisms that are causing these wildfire cancers in addition to those other mechanisms. Looking to the future, they are ready to roll out numerous more mRNA products for various maladies and even other respiratory ailments here in the not too distant future. In your view as a pathologist, is the technology itself flawed or was this particular product just simply rushed to market given the demand and therefore it's a singular it's singularly reckless. It's a completely reckless technology. Lipid mm. nanoparticles go everywhere. They were designed to take chemotherapy to the brain. So any, any sequence that you put in there, be it for RSV, HIV, um, TB, whatever, they're, they're working on tons of these right now, influenza. You, you don't want that in your brain. Uh, the reason we have a blood-brain barrier is to keep these things out of our brain. So they're designing a product that's a nuclear bomb. A lipid nanoparticle goes anywhere and everywhere. It cannot be controlled until proven otherwise, and it cannot be targeted to any one tissue. And these, these are respiratory viruses. Where you want to stop a virus is where it comes in. And this is why the, the, those who've been jabbed have no protection at that site. They don't make immunity, IgA secretory antibodies, in that region of the body. So they continually get infected again and again. And that's why they're actually the super spreaders of the disease because they can't neutralize it and they become high viral carriers. So this platform is the wrong platform. An, a lipid nanoparticle plus a gene sequence that turns any cell in your body into a toxin factory, no matter what virus, no matter what sequence, is 
a dangerous platform until proven otherwise. We haven't. We don't have 10 years of safety data on these things because mm -hmm. they never brought any of these to market before because they never got them out of animal trials for the last several decades. Adenoviral vectors included. Gene therapies always caused clotting with adenoviral vectors back in the 80s and 90s. We knew that was a huge problem with the adenoviral vectors and these mRNA vector with the lipid nanopart are completely dangerous for the body. It is an unproven platform that at the Milken Institute, Fauci and Bright were bragging, gosh, if we if we had you know a, a pandemic, we could emergency authorize this new mRNA technology. You won't have to wait for vaccines that take way too long to approve. I mean, they were they were projecting what they were going to do. And then they went ahead and did it. And they've caused countless harm in humanity with a platform that's unproven. And now they think they have carte blanche going forward that, oh, we can just use lipid nanoparticles and sequences. Let's just keep doing this mRNA stuff. No, it is dangerous. It is dangerous. It is dangerous. Mm. Always good to see you, my friend. Thank you for joining us. All right. Take care. Thank you, Steve. Stay well. You bet. You too. God bless. Thoughts on that? conversation with dr ryan cole remember more than a year ago now and you ruminated steve what what this vaccine is making uh th this particular virus actually worse and then we'll just get in this cycle the vaccine makes it worse so right. we actually it was about well, this time last well, year you were yeah. you were wrong about the specifics of that but you were more right than you knew broadly speaking it's ultimately it's not that this particular virus is getting it worse that we are getting more prone to being sick mm -hmm. across the board and so then if our immune systems are perpetually and eternally damaged and possibly passed on to our the next generation then what will we need in terms of the interventions in terms of pharma and healthcare, etc cetera, etc cetera. so you were absolutely onto something it's just way broader than you thought trials and execution.com yes. uh, that's <laughs> that's i'm sorry i that's wasted just your the, time aaron that's what needs that's to be the said. that's the be all end all of, of this um how did we not how did we not see this coming and very few actually did see this coming but this entire thing when you when you keep having this data and what uh, Dr. Cole is seeing, just on a, mac a micro level, fed to you out of, a, out of a fire hose. I'm left, more often than not these days, speechless. I don't know if that's a temptation for you as well, but it's, I cannot wrap my mind around the evil that has been perpetrated here. And maybe I hope, maybe I, hope I never have to wrap my mind around this because I don't want to know an evil, that evil. And nobody, nobody, nobody uh, maybe should. But there is no depths. There are no, no depths to human depravity. No depths. Talking about what uh, Fauci uh, was bragging about and game planning this type of scenario out. I, I don't know, man. I know that's a ramble. But when you hear stuff like that, it just makes me speechless. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to that other than trials and execution. Hmm. Neither did we. That's why we called it trials and mm -hmm. execution.com. We, we, we couldn't think of anything that to do that would to analytically take such horror seriously. Um, well, the only thing we could think of to do was to punitively punish it so that it never happens again, which they're planning to do. Hour two is next.
Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Don't forget that you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. Get clips of the show free of any censorship that are also free to watch when you go to youtube.com slash Steve Day Show and get clips of the show um, for, for, did I say YouTube? Did I say YouTube? What's a Rumble? YouTube? Did I do that just now? What's a YouTube? I did that, didn't I? Exactly. Get clips of the show. You can't get anything on YouTube that's not censored. <laughs> My bad. Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. My bad. Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And we're up on Trump's Truth Social as well. At Real Steve Dace there is where you can find us. At Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. Uh, if you are a podcast listener, thank you very much. And we would just ask you to show how much you appreciate the show by leaving us a five-star review and hitting the subscribe or follow button as well. And keep in mind... If you've got a question that you would like us to have considered to be answered for Monday's Ask Me Anything, place it inside your five-star review and you'll go to the front of the line for Todd to consider for next Monday's show. Thanks to all of you that have left us five-star reviews and are subscribing and following the podcast. Uh, you're a big part of our podcast's explosive growth in the last couple of years, and we thank each and every one of you for that. Also want to thank our friends over at Patriot Mobile because they are providing something that is rare these days, an opportunity to do business with a national corporation that does not hate you. There's not a lot of those opportunities. Thankfully, there's one that involves a product we all pretty much have to use these days, our mobile phone. So if you want to make the switch, our family did finally. Uh, we dumped T-Mobile, went to Patriot Mobile last year, have not regretted it ever since. They have an outstanding customer service team to make the transition for you as seamless as possible. And they all pretty much use the same towers, so they all pretty much have the same networks these days. Let them know you're a veteran or first responder. They'll give you extra savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For everyone else, use my promo code, the first name Steve, when you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, and you get a free activation when you do. With the promo code Steve at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. And now it is time for Buy, Sell, or Lindsay, a full hour where Aaron, with a lot of help from his friends, that would be you in the audience, throws Todd, you and I, who knows what is coming. Could be a curve, could be a screwball, could be some high heat. We are deciding, are we going to buy that? Are we going to sell that? Once per episode, you are permitted to invoke a Lindsay because you just can't answer something that is that lame. But if you call upon Lindsay for any reason other than that, you have clearly punked out. You have demonstrated effeminate caricatures and therefore you have to indulge Lindsay's effeminates as well. Uh, I'd rather take the high heat. All right, here we go. We will begin with Auburn Tiger 89, who says it is a great irony that the green agenda is subsidizing Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. Okay. De facto. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, there is some truth to that. I mean, he, he made a lot of money before he got into the electric car scam. I'm sorry. Um, uh, plan. Uh, we'll go with that word. How's that? But. You know, PayPal wasn't part of the green energy, you know, subsidies. But I get what you're saying. And I'm I'm 
you know, it's got a good beat and I could dance to it. So it's at least got some truth to it. So I will buy. It does have some. Now, I, Elon Musk is way more on my radar and everybody's in the last year. I mean, I knew rich guy does, but is he, a, is he at his heart and soul? Is he a greenie? I, I honestly no. don't. Okay, so that's not what... not to that degree. No, you know, he's not like a depopulation greenie. No, um, I mean he's, he has he's openly... been talk to, talking about the uh, demographic winter that's yes. looming. Yeah, he has talked that there's not enough people. We need to have more babies. Yeah. Uh, he's called right. for drilling more oil. But this is an industry that cannot stand on its own. Correct. Auburn Tiger is correct about yes, that. Yes. Yes. And so, and he does. I mean, they're, they're, those things sell for you know at a, at a low end sixty uh, grand a unit. Right, those Teslas do. Right, so, and he clearly has benefited from that infrastructure. So, some of that has contributed to his ability mm-hmm. to yes. to purchase Twitter Correct. at the very least. So, oh, that's why I bought. Yes. Okay. Next up, we will go to Sean Griffiths, who says student loan forgiveness is nothing more than forcing plumber Peter to pay off poli sci Paul's debts. Where's the debt forgiveness for plumber Peter's uh, work truck? This. Concerning the conversation we just had, this part of it makes more sense. Yes, I agree. As as with many, many other issues, if you when you realize, as you said, Steve, uh, Jesse Kelly is when you realize that they hate us, and just like in January sixth, as Jesse Kelly, uh, uh, as Julie Kelly said, basically they they use flashbangs to try to piss off the people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is what they're trying to do they want people to be mad act out then they can do what they want to with the hoi polloi who they think need to be under their foot anyways i'm a hard buy on this yeah now understand they're just going to print more money that's how they're going to cover and do more deficit spending but the principle you're, even though I don't necessarily agree that the principle applies here, not because it's not moral and sound, but because we are way outside the natural laws of economics, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's... We're way, we're way outside of right. that. But in a sane society, your answer would be exactly correct. But the printing but, but the, the money mor- does the same thing. It I makes agree. our money worthless. We get frustrated. We I get agree. mad. I agree. But then that gets us into the entire conversation as... like. Someone emailed me just a little while ago, all right? And here's what they said. Uh, They said, sorry, your boomers took a government cheese justification for student loan forgiveness falls flat. I've actually not offered any justification for student loan forgiveness. I said, "You've you've misrepresented my position. My position is that everyone has violated the integrity of their own stated argument on every other front. Yeah, the entire when it comes system to is immoral. When it comes, mm-hmm. Yeah, the entire system is. And so you lack integrity and standing to say to this particular group, you don't get yours while we already got ours. That's not the same point. I've not provided a moral justification for it at all. I'm saying you lack moral justification to oppose it. So my position's actually more obtuse, more divisive, and more aggressive and in your face than you actually gave me credit for. Okay? I agree. All right. Yeah. Now, but in a, but his, even though economically that's not what will happen here, you are literally not going to pay someone else's loans. They're just going to print money. But the moral point that you're making here is correct. Because, because, and that will be how that will economically impact you on the, on the other end. But you got that. That's how they've been paying for Ukraine. That's how they paid for all the stimulus checks you got. That's how they pay for everything else. This thing's broke. 
The thing is broke. So if you got a PPE loan, broke. Everything that you took from this government, it doesn't have the money to spend. It's all broke. If you work a construction job and you re- rebuilt a road for the government, broke. Everything you touch is an inflationary construct. That is my point. Everything is. So no one has any moral high ground. That's the point of the welfare state. Treason never prospers. What's the reason? Because whenever treason prospers, none dare calls it treason. Well, I mean, I like my I like my suckling spot in the government teat more than you than I like your spot in this. And so what this ends up doing is it pins is it is it pits us against one another. And who is a, who is perfectly absolved from any responsibility here? Oh, it's those lazy boomers can't pay for their old health care uh, who, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's the lazy millennials who can't pay for their own uh, women's studies, uh, art major student loans. We, we, we turn on each other. Who's really responsible here? It's like drug. It's like drug addicts. Oh, it's the heroin addicts. No, it's the, it's the meth addicts. Oh, it's the cocaine addicts. Oh, it's the guys doing crack. It's the dealer, guys. Put him in prison. It's the dealer. Government is the dealer. That's my point. Well said. Next up, American Witcher says the number one targets of the 87,000 IRS agents are not individuals, but rather businesses that are building the parallel economy, also farmers and ranchers. Uh, it, why can't it be both? Because it will be. Yeah. But yeah, right. I, I'll buy. But the, it, it, I'll buy, but it's six yeah. and one half dozen of the other because yeah. the vast majority of the people you're talking about that will form those sorts of mm-hmm. um, institutions and entities are the same kind of people we're talking about. So you just re- you found another way to restate our own position. So I'll buy. See Steve's answer of the last question. Yeah. Put the dealer in jail. Yep. Next, we go to Jason Gray, who says Nebraska surprises everyone and plays Michigan for the Big Ten championship. It's possible enough that i'll say bye i mean wisconsin and iowa and and well wait and some people have said purdue's got a chance because what what you're looking at there's only been one year and it was in 2016 since the big 10 went to the east west divisional Mm -hmm. alignment there's only been one year that the team that won the west didn't have to play two of the three Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. The only year that did not occur was 2016. You guys won the division. You played Michigan, Ohio State, and then played Penn State in the conference championship game. Every other time since we went to the East-West divisional alignment, a team that did not have to play two of those three has won the division out of the West. So that's all people are doing now is they're looking at schedules and seeing who doesn't play two of those three, okay? So Nebraska, I believe, doesn't play two of those three. Purdue does not, I know, doesn't play two of those three and then gets Penn State at home in the opener, right? And then um, Minnesota also doesn't play two of those three. Oh, yeah. They are at, they are, are and that's that's who I like. Yeah. Minnesota's Mm -hmm. at Penn State, but then does not play Michigan or Ohio State. And so that has been the trend line in that division. That's, you know, what people are looking at. I mean, this year, Iowa plays Michigan and Ohio State, right? So that's what people are. So since Nebraska falls into that fold, I could buy it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's more likely they're going to start like seven and one and finish like eight and four, given the way their schedule is backloaded. But I could see it. But man, man, if they lose that game on Saturday to Northwestern, 
can you only imagine what the atmosphere is going to be like? I mean, Nebraska personnel-wise is decidedly better than Northwestern. But ask yourself, which coach would you trust in the middle of August to have his team ready to play a game, a competent football game, in a completely weird, erratic travel schedule? The one that's out there dropping our offensive linemen are puking. Yeah. Like it's 1958, okay? Or Pat Fitzgerald. I I think we know the answer. Yeah. What's the forecast for Dublin to Ireland? (laughs) Yes. Um, Nice. Moving on. Nice. Curious George says, when the Big Ten expands to 20 teams, the conference will go divisionless with 10 conference games, five protected opponents, five rotating, with a four-team playoff for conference championship. What's the difference between a pod, which is See, what I was just going to ask that. And a division. Because I, I think that's exactly what's going to occur. In fact, that's what I have been told from a couple of birdies that I have, that that is what's going to happen. Dublin high of 67 on okay. Saturday. And that, and that you will you will see a, either Indianapolis, the former home of the Big Ten Championship game, will host a doubleheader of semifinal Saturday, or Indianapolis will get one semifinal game and they'll play the other one like in Minneapolis or Detroit or someplace, and the Rose Bowl will be where the Big Ten Championship game is moved. That's what I have been told is going to happen. So... But what is the difference between a division and a pod? I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're grouped with a group of teams and you all play each other, isn't that the very definition? And, yeah. and whoever emerges with the best record out of that pod is in the sen- yeah goes to under the, ne- the the postseason. Isn't that the very definition of yeah. a division? Seems so. Yeah. I, I think it is. Now I, I agree that they won't call them divisions because the whole thing now is to get rid of divisions to have your two best teams in the uh, you know in the championship game. So since I don't think they will call them divisions, they will just be called pods. I'll buy. On, on, a, on that technicality, although if it looks like a division and it acts like a division and it schedules like one, it's a regardless of what you call it. And this is a league that likes to call things what they think they should be called, not what they really are. So we're the Big Ten, whether there's 11, whether there's 12, no, whether no, no, there's no, 14. No, 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 no. The Big Ten now refers to the games that they play. Ten games. Big Ten. Okay, there you go. There's yeah. a clever way to get around that, that. There is a clever way to get around that. Yeah. But I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying. I just, you know. I'm, it sounds like a division to me, but I agree that they'll do what you're saying, but not call it division. So I will buy. All hail live golf football. You know, I buy everything. I bathe in it. This is all beautiful. No matter what they do or say, it's lovely. Seneca Wallace, uh, former Iowa State quarterback, just posted a 20 years ago today uh, video of him playing Florida State, which you were at that game. I know. I mean, I was on the I was on the sidelines. I was like. Literally five feet from that decisive play of whether he got in or not, and I got to tell you, man, I couldn't tell whether he got in or not sitting right there. I mean, I was like, I was literally a, 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 maybe a yard behind the line, the the line judge there who made that call, and I couldn't tell if he got in or not. Remind I, me what year that is? Two thousand and two. Yeah, that. I mean, that's shortly after I uh, moved here. I was like, am I here for the like the anointing of mm-hmm. Iowa State football? And then I learned. Wow, this is I didn't only they got, up, they, they, they got up to number nine in the country, and then they kind of faced the backloaded schedule that Nebraska's got going on here, and then it was just whooping after whooping after whooping after that. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize you could schedule thirteen games if it's white in the B, B, BCS era. Because oh, if, thir- if you played yeah, a kickoff 13, classic, you thir- could. Okay, yes. thirteen. Okay, yeah. Okay. If you played a if you if you played a road game at Hawaii, Ohio State played thirteen. Or games. you played a kickoff classic, gotcha. then you could do a thirteenth game. Yes. Did not know that. OG Thor says NFL preseason football will get yeeted, get done away with in the next collective bargaining agreement. 
I love the fact that for the the, the Gen Xers here, you had to tell us what yeeted means because yeah, I, I had no I clue, clue that. with that uh, Urban Dictionary. I was got to look that up at Urban Dictionary. So thank you for um, uh, that, Aaron. And uh, no way, total sell. Owners are never giving that up. Even if it draws a smattering of people, they keep all that money themselves. They don't have to uh, share it with anybody else. It's just complete gravy. And coaches will tell you they need it. Guys, we're talking about going to preseason and college football now. Okay. Are you kidding me? We're talking about having scrimmages with FCS teams because so there's, they're never going to get the coaches don't want to give it up and the owners are never giving it up because it's free revenue. They don't have to share. Bye. Next. Shaul says Todd deserves to be a (laughs) co-host instead instead of a sidekick freak show. Buy, sell, or hold. Todd is currently no, a sidekick I, freak show. I, I sell. I own the sidekick freak show territory. I own it. I don't even know what this means. I don't I don't either. There's I mean, no. I, I'm on one hand, you're a sidekick freak show. On the other hand, he needs his own show. I mean, dude, who is I, that? Sha'ul. Sha'ul. Give it, then Sha'ul taketh away. All right? I'm I not mean, sure. A hey, lot of places remember. in a very short amount of time. You... you you are. I, I got to sell, not because of what I just said, but if you watch this show, you understand. If you were right about analyzing me and my place on the show, you had to fit in coattails somewhere, and that's not th- there at all. Uh, let's talk about my underwear. This seems like a great opportunity oh, to make that no. segue. Uh, right? Maybe I'll pass on the coattails. Because no. right. <laughs> <laughs> the only underwear I buy is Tommy John, and yes, they gave me a script with talking points. That, no, I'm just It's the only underwear I buy. That's it. I can't give it a better endorsement than that. It's phenomenal. Uh, I, they gave me a few pair a couple of years ago to try for free, and now it's the it's the only pair I pay out of pocket for. That's how good it is. That's why they don't have uh, customers at Tommy John. They have fanatics, and I am one of them. Over 17 million pairs sold, and several of those were sold to me. Uh, plus, they've got outstanding uh, loungewear as well, and they've got a line for the ladies, too. If you uh, want to test their best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee, you want to test that, Get 20% off your first order right now when you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Get 20% off your first order right now for the best underwear that I've ever worn. It's the underwear that I'm wearing right now, in case you were wondering. I know, Todd, you were. Uh, TommyJohn.com slash Steve for 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. A little bit of a, it's not breaking news, but somebody just sent me this tweet from the NAACP. Did you see this? No, I have not, no. Canceling, this is from the official NAACP account, Twitter account. Canceling $10,000 of student debt after considering it for more than a year and a half is like waiting on hold for six hours only to get a 5% refund. See, that's my point. I know, you remember the NAACP now? This is not... This is just not even good Democrat politics. I never, I, I don't understand it. I don't, it makes no sense at all. Like none. All economic restraint is cast out. You're, this isn't Bill Clinton trying to do balanced budgets and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No one cares. The previous administration had the worst deficits of all time, and this one's going to have even bigger. And the previous one before the previous one had worst deficits of all time, and the previous one to the previous one to the previous one had worst deficits of all time. No one cares. Do you? That's why I asked. Do you even Democrat, bro? One fourth of your debt, and here's another fleet of green shirts for 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 Ukraine. 
You cannot sell that to your own base. Who cares if the Republicans have no moral standing to stand on? Because they don't. You can't sell that to your own base. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's insulting. It's the kind of play Republicans typically make. That's why I analogized it to what they did in Georgia before the recount. This is the kind of play Republicans typically make. Make it look like we're doing something by screwing our own base. It makes no sense. So, I guess maybe I'm not crazy. Thank you. Next up, we go to Liz Lincoln Grant, who says, Tulsi is the one person who could throw the 2024 election into, a, into an amount of unpredictability we've never seen in modern elections post-1900. I don't know if she's the one person, but she's definitely a person. She just had a tweet, I think I saw this morning, yeah. about our rights come from God. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she... If she takes all this and has an awakening moment and say, you know what, I I was once traditional marriage and uh, pro-life and I change and I understand I you know, was basically seduced by the times like so many people. I, look how powerful she is right now. If, if she actually went that direction, oh my goodness. Because yeah, there's just, she, to quote Billy Joel, she's got a way about her. Can you put that back up there for just a second, Aaron? I, let's define an amount of unpredictability. What do we mean by that? Like, what does Tulsi Gabbard offer? That if you're voting, if you were going to vote for Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis as the Republican nominee, what does she offer that you would not get from them? Let's start with that. Well, with a, lo- with a lot of people who just hold their nose on Donald Trump... Okay. But would vote for him? I mean... Okay. All right. Yeah, Fair. It, but that could also be... See, that... DeSantis, I was going to flip it around the other way. DeSantis fits that as well. But if, but if you're also... But if you're just inclined to then style points, you know, he's a... Uh, uh, DeSantis is a, a pugilist. She's certainly tough. She's not afraid of a fight, but there's just a, a grace... Tra- I, see, when I, when I think unpredictability, I think Ross Perot... I think of Ross Perot speaking to a segment of society on a slate of issues, not personalities, on a slate of issues that at the time neither party wanted to address. And that allowed him to create a coalition that got him to nearly 20%. And if he had not dropped out with the crazy allegation that the Bush administration had tried to shoot up his daughter's wedding or whatever it was at the time, he probably would have won the thing, which is why a lot of people think that's why he dropped out. He really didn't want to win. He was trying to make a point. Okay. In our current environment, I don't believe there's any issue slate Tulsi Gabbard offers you. On the right, nothing. Now, I do think there's an issue slate that she offers you on the left. And this is, this is and I, when, we, when I had my debate with my buddy Bob Vanderplatz about Liz Cheney a couple weeks ago, I wish I would have uh-huh. made this analogy. Liz Cheney reminds me of the Starbucks guy that was going to run for president. Do you guys remember this a few years ago? Yeah, vaguely. The head of Starbucks was going to run for president. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And and I made the point at the time he has no constituency to draw from from the right. He's not going to be a spoiler for the right at all. He's going to only draw from the other side. He's going to give people that might that that aren't communists, but don't want to vote Republican. He's going to give them a place to vote instead of voting for the Democrat. That's what Liz Cheney's going to do. I just don't. And that's I, what she would do. I don't. I don't see what 
paint the picture of the voter who reluctantly uh, voted or who, who enthusiastically voted for Trump in 2016, who uh, pretty enthusiastically voted for Trump in 2020. Who would be like, oh, Liz Cheney. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, there Gabbard. isn't one. T- paint me a picture of somebody who did not vote for Trump in 2016, pretty enthusiastically did in 2020, and then, oh, Liz Cheney. Uh, I, I, that voter doesn't exist. I think there's wide swaths of I people agree. who do not want to vote for an old guy with dementia again. The more I think about it, actually, if I'm Trump, I hope they, or yeah. DeSantis, I hope Liz yeah. Cheney's on the ballot. Yep. Yeah. This is what the thing that makes me think Tulsi Gabbard would be a phenomenal VP nominee is why I don't think she upsets. She creates uncertainty because she would give the kind disaffected people that are not communists, not conservatives. She gives them she's a soft, soft face to them, unlike Perot, who could do who could who could drain a segment from each side of the electorate. Remember when he was in office, Bill Clinton won the popular vote, like 37% of the popular vote. He held both sides down. Now, he probably took more from the from George H.W. Bush, but he held he, he held down Bill Clinton's economic populist. He gave he this this is Tulsi Gabbard would not do that. She would just drain from one side. And I think that's predominantly true of Liz Cheney. Now, I don't know that that would have been true of Liz Cheney in 2016. I definitely think it's true of Liz Cheney now. Like, she's been outed, okay? She she hates the Republican base. Her form of Republican largely does not exist except in political offices. You guys keep voting for these people, but in terms of the Republican electorate, they actually don't exist in, in mass. Her base is actually over there. In fact, we had our first poll. YouGov did an online poll. Yeah, so this is the youth vote. Uh, yeah. Okay. YouGov just did an online poll that included her. She decimated Joe Biden's total in that poll. Wouldn't this be just complete and total schadenfreude cosmic if Miss January 6th was the reason why Donald Trump won re-election in 2024? The oh, main yeah. reason? Yes. I would, yeah. I would love that. There actually is some breaking news now. I'm sure you guys saw this. Jill Biden. Uh, Jill Biden. I just saw this. Has tested positive for covid Again. 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 Moving on. We have a list from Ed McRae, the top 15 comic book movies of all time. This better be good, Ed. Better be good. Number 15, Men in Black. He said it's a Marvel comic I first. I had no idea. Uh, a cell. I'm already a cell. No. It's not one of, yeah. Even if you count it as one, it's absolutely not one of the 15 best comic book movies of all time. So. Number 14, The Rocketeer. All time. Cell. Ed. Ed. Am I being punked? I think maybe. <laughs> Number 13, Hellboy. Sell. A movie like okay, seven okay. people saw. I, I I'm sorry, six people saw. I'm going to start self-harming here in a second. Uh, number 12, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Why do you have that at number 12? Oh, i got to see the rest of the list. So Yeah, well, that's uh, the first thing I've seen that actually belongs on the be list. On there, yeah. So, yeah. Number 11, Spider-Man, No Way Home. I'm okay, okay if you put it on there. Wouldn't probably make yeah. my top 15 of all time, but it would be close. So I'm okay with it. Number 10, Captain America. Yeah. I mean, I love that movie. I don't know if it's top 15 of all time, but I love that movie. So I'm okay with yeah. it. Number nine, Batman 89. I mean, in many respects, much of the superhero genre we have today would not have occurred without the success of that film. So I'm okay with it. Is that the original Michael Keaton? That's the Michael the Keaton one, one. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Iron Man. Well, there would be no MCU without the right. success of that. So right. I'm, I don't. Yeah. I also don't think it's one of the 15 best, but I, I understand why it would belong yeah. on a list. 
number seven X-Men days of future past. I think that's a phenomenal comic book movie and absolutely belongs on the list. Yeah. Yep. It's good. Number six, Wonder Woman. I think it's a phenomenal movie. I think it belongs on the list. Yep. I agree. Number five, The Dark Knight. It's one of the 15 greatest movies of all time, in my view. So of any genre. So I'm a buy. Number four, Spider-Man 2. Even though that's the best of the Tobey Maguire, that's that's way too high. I I got to sell. Come on. Get that at all. It's the best of the it's the best of the Sam Raimi trilogy, easily, but it doesn't belong there. Number three, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Doesn't belong that high, Sal. even though I love that movie quite a bit. But I'm okay if you put it somewhere in the top fifteen. Sal, it even its redemption does not get it to crack the top fifteen, but I I liked it better. Number two, Spider-Man one or Superman Superman one and two, two, I should say. So we're kind of doing a cop out here because they were originally filmed by Richard Donner as one story. Okay. Um, But they are separate films. I'll buy them. But I'll buy. Yeah. I mean, who knows if we'd ever have any superhero films if that movie had not. It made you believe that a man could fly. And you guys know how much of you are a devotee of this show. You know how there's um, that movie has a forever place and a piece of my heart. I love Mm -hmm. the film. And number one, uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. I'm okay with that being number one. I mean, I would have the Dark Knight higher, but it could, it's... It would be like two or three if I did my own top 15 list. But like some of the stuff we started off with, though, brother. Yikes. It's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. But we redeemed ourselves towards the end. So it's all good. Yeah. More buy, seller hold here in a moment. If you're a dog owner, then uh, you know that taking care of that puppy means more than just giving it food and water. Its health and happiness is important because it's an important part of your family. And that's why we want you to try this important product known as Rough Greens because we are taking so many supplements these days as people because a lot of the foods that we buy at the store are stripped out of a lot of the healthy vitamins, minerals, and nutrients we need before it ever leaves the factory for mass distribution. Same thing is going on with a lot of our pet foods these days, too. And that's why they've now got a supplement of their own from our friends over at Rough Greens. It's the powder you mix in with the food your pet already loves. And with that one act, you will help make the food they love even healthier. But you might be wondering, what if my dog doesn't like the taste of it? Or what if it doesn't make a difference? We'll find out when we give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. You pay for the shipping, but the bag is on us when you go to Rough Greens. Dot com. Our dog cap loves this stuff, by the way. Roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, for Rough Greens, or you can call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. All you pay is the shipping, but the first Jumpstart bag is on us at roughgreens.com or 833-ROUGH-DOG. Now back to buy, seller Lindsay. We move on with Empty Road, who says, we will be watching a Ripiverse movie in the next five years. So for those of you that don't know what this is a reference to, Eric July, who is one of our contributors here at The Blaze, has put forth uh, a crowdfunded entrepreneurial exercise that has generated millions of dollars in revenue and support uh, to start a non-woke line of comic books and superheroes. And I'll, I'll buy this. Yes. Buy. I mean, if, if you can raise millions of dollars for the print product then somebody from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, if I'm over at the Daily Wire and we're going to invest $100 million in original content and I see this guy over at the Blaze was able to generate, who's not even one of the main yeah. guys on the channel. Like Eric's not, doesn't have two to three hours with our massive audience every day, like what I've got, for example, or Glenn does. 
And so he was just able to generate that level of heat within his own ecosystem with, you know, some push from the Blaze, obviously. I mean, if he can generate that on his own, um, yeah, I'd be interested in tapping into that, sure. sure. Especially because they just added a whole team of animators over there, from what I read anyway. That's one of the things they're looking at. So, yeah. Bye. Next, we have hiring of grievances who says the Republicans will hold and investigate Fauci once they have the majority, just like they repealed Obamacare, the last red wave, red waves forever. I'm going to sell on this. I mean, I wouldn't have my expectations high for like heads swinging from trees, which frankly should happen um, after a trial, of course, that's adjudicated the evidence. Um, But I believe they will do something because they have to. This is where the, this is where the, I know Democrats don't abide by the natural laws of politics, but Republicans still do. They are well aware of the fact they cannot just sit up there every day and do nothing. They're going to get killed by their own media. They will feed you something and they'll try to rope it, dope it. They'll try to, Mm -hmm. as Daniel says, jujitsu it. Okay. Hold hearings and a bunch of terrible stuff will come out. And then, like, refer it to the Department of Justice where they know it will die under Merrick Garland, whoever, you know, is that I could see. But they they also understand. So doing what needs to be done is never an option with the Republican Party. If with rare, I shouldn't say never with a Ron DeSantis and a few examples. Other than that, it is a very rare thing for Republicans to do what must be done. They also, though, know they can't be seen doing nothing either. Yeah, your low expectations of just caused you to have the wrong conclusion there they, they get to have the show it may this yes. is what th- it's going to be worse yeah. it's going to be it's, worse this is going to be mitch mcconnell with a gun in his hand yes they're going to acknowledge what we have been saying and then do nothing yes. about it oh yeah that's but exactly. they're going to acknowledge it and then do nothing about yeah. it dead baby body parts anybody yes 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 there it is there it is yes Jim Bear and Jay says the key line of questioning to prove criminal liability for Fauci is to ask him who gave the authority to restart gain of function research funding after Obama banned it. I think that is a very key question. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. I think that's vital. I don't know that it's the question, well, that's, but it's yeah. certainly on the list of the questions. Yes. There are like how many other versions of that question that are just as germane and just as powerful. That's what's disgusting about this. Just like we got done talking about with the other question with Fauci. There's, this is obviously uh, an opportunity uh, to put a man in jail for gross crimes against humanity. You, and you can come from multiple angles. You don't have to be that cute about it. But we won't. It'll just be the show. Next up, Jeffy's Lost Moral Compass says if Republicans take the House, <laughs> nice. all the Fauci hearings end up like the Benghazi hearings. Sound bites, raised Amen. profiles of Here relative we go. unknowns, yes. lots of fundraising dollars, zero prosecutions. Yeah. Someone, it won't be someone you like. Like, they won't let my buddy Chip Roy be this person. Someone will be will be self-anointed to be the next Trey Gowdy oh, to, okay. to, to perpetually an, albino annoy you on Fox News with nothing takes. All right? To be the next Tim Scott, Okay. They'll use it. It'll be worse. You're not cynical enough. The reason I kept telling you that 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 Cuomo was gone was not because I thought they believed in accountability, because they just believed in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were women and black people that want the job this white guy whose damaged goods has. Kick him to the curb. Okay? They're going to do this stuff, but they're going to do it in a way that anoints... Yeah, I mean, this is, this is how Elise Stefanik becomes Trump's running mate. 
She like runs the house hearing stuff. like It'll be yeah. stuff like that. Be more cynical. They're worse than you think. They will do. They will. They will acknowledge the issue, your issues and what you care about and then do nothing. Mm-hmm. Next. It is Brad Bingham who says the Deadspin story on Manti Teo that was broken by a couple of real journalists ready to do real work back in 2012 was the last bit of real journalism performed. <laughs> I'm, I'll just say I'm a total sell on this. These guys, it was clear in the documentary on Netflix, these guys were out to ruin Manti Teo's life. They really were. I have not seen the documentary. And it's, by the way, it's a very um, accidental polemic against uh, transgender. Yeah, doesn't the, 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 the person who did this to him say, well, it was part of my trans journey, yep. so I don't regret it or something? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there, um, there was some real journalism done with, like, Harvey Weinstein in the last few years, for example. All right? I will sell. Well, this, you, you're writing to this show. This show has done... Real journalism. That's, so. Yeah, I, I just took I took that to mean from like yeah. a a corporate okay, mainstream okay. source is what I took it to mean. That that's why I didn't mention also, although she actually works for one of the major channels in Australia. The gal that wrote the book on uh, the Wuhan lab from last mm-hmm. year, Sherry Markson, is that her name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. So, but I I took it to mean that. But yeah. Next, we go to Mark Malinovsky, who says this. I thought this was kind of interesting. China doesn't survive the decade in current form. The U.S. will. And his reasoning is being the most overcredited country in history, the fastest aging demographic with no hope of turnaround. He says we're one of the slowest, too. And a military incapable of securing its vital trade routes. China's screwed. So I actually like the take of China as a paper tiger to some degree. The decade time frame is way too fast. To yeah, begin but with. I think this goes too far because in the end, China's been around a very, 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 very long time. Yeah, in the end, they can still do to their people whatever they want. Yes. And I'm going to need to see more from their people other than we have an uprising in Shanghai when we're starving. But then when they turn the lights back on and feed us, we go right back to being compliant plebes. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm going to need to see a little bit more resolve from the the Chinese people than what we are currently seeing. But I agree that they are not the uber power that they are made out to be. Uh, And the fact that Taiwan still exists Mm -hmm. is is one of my primary reasons for thinking that. That they're buoyed by the fact that there are no uber powers anymore, including us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Next up... Fedigator has the top 15 fictional sport movie heroes. Okay. Okay. All right. Number two. We're just going to go do the top. Uh, let's do the top 15. Yeah. Let's do the whole yeah. thing. Number 15, Forrest Gump. Bye. Football, ping pong, Excellent. cross country. Yes. I think that's kind of an inspired choice, yes, actually. Is. I like that. All right. Good. Number 14, Scott, Scott Howard. Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf. Teen Wolf. Oh, that's a. Uh, that's a great yeah. poll. You know what? It, you know what? That is such, I'm buying because that's a ballsy poll. It doesn't belong on the list, but I so respect the level of chutzpah it took to put it there. I'm in. I'm I'm selling, but if every sell I have is of that quality, I'll still buy the entire list. There you go. Uh, Number 13, Steeman Willie Beeman, Any Given Sunday. I've still never seen Any Given Sunday. It's okay. I mean, the the Pacino speech is kind of what it's known for. I'm going to sell on this one. Sell. Yeah. Number 12, Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights. (laughs) I mean, I love the movie. Okay, I love the movie. 
All right. I'm selling, but for the same reasons as before. But I, I, don't, I don't believe race car drivers yes. are athletes, so I'll sell. Yes. 11, Paul Crew, the longest yard. Is that... Um, I don't know who this is. I don't, is that Burt Reynolds' character, maybe? I don't think I've ever seen The Longest Yard, actually. Okay, I've, I've seen them both, but it's been so long. The remake with Adam Sandler and the here. modern one. I don't remember sell. who's who, so I'm going to sell. Crash Davis in Boulderham. That's a, you know, it's Kevin Costner's buy. character. That's a buy, yeah. Number nine, Happy Gilmore. Uh, I love that movie, too. Yeah, I could buy it. Yeah, <laughs> Sell. Uh, number eight, Dottie Hinson, League of Their Own. Buy. Yeah, that's an underrated buy. call. Yes. I could buy that too. That's underrated. Yeah. Number seven, Daniel LaRusso. The Karate Kid. Bye. I don't, see, yep. there's some eclectic polls here that I, I have respect for. I'll, I'll buy. Number six, is it Jesus or Jesus? No, it's Jesus, Jesus. Shuttleworth. Jesus. He got game. He got game. I don't know. That's the character Ray Allen plays. I'm going to sell. I'll sell. Yeah. Uh, number five, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. Oh, uh, from Major League. I'll yeah, buy. I could buy that. I'll yeah. buy. Uh, Benny the Jet from buy. Sandlot. He didn't even let him get it out. Bye. Okay. I think it's too high, but I'll buy. Uh, Jimmy Chitwood buy. from Hoosiers. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's a top three, top five. Easy. Number two, Roy Hobbs buy. in the natural. Yeah, top three, top five. Easy. Yeah. Number one, Rocky buy. Balboa. Great list. Top three, top five. Easy. Yeah. Great list. So he probably had the right top three. He could disagree on the order, but he certainly had the right top three. It's a pretty good list overall. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a fun list. Now, you missed the water boy who oh, demonstrated yeah. more athletic dominance than Happy Gilmore did. Okay. Bobby Boucher. Bobby yeah. Boucher. That's one of my son's all-time favorite movies is that movie. Okay. But I love The Waterboy. Uh, Chris B. says, Detroit will finish second in the NFC North behind Green Bay, but will be below 500. Casey will finish third in the AFC West and still make the playoffs. I can see Bye. both of those things happening. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, next, Thomas Carpenter says, Albert Pujols gets to 700 this year. This he's has what, been a fun story. He's like uh, eight more. Is that what he needs, uh, I, think? I think? Seven think or eight more? Seven, seven more, last I checked. But I mean... It's a home run era. Bye, yeah. It, it has not been this season, though. It, it's the home run era, but it has not been this season. I'll buy because I'd like to see it happen. I, but that's not as easy to do, I think, as people think. No, that's true. He's been hot since the All-Star break. He has been, Yes. Uh, Josh Showers says, Mount Rushmore of late 90s to early 2000s Christian rock bands. DC Talk, Newsboys, Switchfoot, Sandy Patty. Sandy I, don't know, Patty? I don't know what Sandy Patty is. Never wow. That. That is the, I think that's the first Sandy Patty reference ever dropped in this on this program. And so I've got to, I mean, respect for that. Okay. And, and by the way, if you've heard all those acts, one of those things is not like the other. And it's Sandy Patty. Okay, so um, I agree with the other three. So I'm a I, I would I would buy if I was playing. I plead ignorance. On uh, okay, I'm fine with it. I mean, I think you know. I'm trying to think of when like Mercy Me and Casting Crowns is right came in right on the tail end of that era. Third Day is in that era. They belong in that list. So I guess I got to sell. Next, but I like the list overall. I especially the inclusion of Sandy Patty. I like that. Yeah. Uh, next, we go to Corona 413. Top five frontmen to have solo careers as successful as their former band. Number five, Don Henley. There's no way his solo career was a successful. It yeah. was a successful solo career, but you're talking about the, the, the next to Led Zeppelin. No rock band of the no no act of the 70s sold more albums than the Eagles. He doesn't approach come close to that. Yeah, so. Steve, Steve's right. This is where you're. It's not diminishing Don Henley. No, solo it's not. To say it's just you're not as yeah. great as the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, Tom Petty. So 
it was, well, that's not even. Is he saying that we, because it, the, 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 the heartbreakers, heartbreakers were, are, were a, yeah, a separate thing? Him, I'm selling. Yeah, I'm going to sell on that too. I think that's an attempt to get too cute by a half. Yeah. Number three, Lionel Richie. This I'll buy. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely was big, a bigger act so. in the Commodores. You bet. Yeah, I'll buy that. Number two, Phil Collins. I would buy this too. He was I, bigger than Genesis. I, I think, agree. I don't know if he's bigger, but he's it's up there. Yes. I think people. Do, I think people forget. Peter Gabriel is more true about that than Phil Collins. I mean, he Peter Gabriel's solo career. Ended Phil, up. Phil Collins is one of the best selling acts of the eighties. Yeah. People forget how many albums he sold. So. And when he took over Genesis as for, for for Peter Gabriel as lead singer, mm-hmm. the band went to a completely different level. I'm talking like in the in the in the original MTV era, Phil Collins is like a notch below like Madonna yeah, in I, terms of yeah. uh, in terms of what he was racking up in mm-hmm. that era. So bye. Yeah. Uh, number one, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's that. Uh, there's that one. Yes. Connor- what would have been more interesting is if you put Paul McCartney on that list. No. Because he has technically no. he has technically outsold them, but in, but but that no, but part of it no. is only because I, they I were around for like six or seven yeah. years. What, what have you done with Steve Davis? Yeah. I, I can't it, believe you just, I just tried. That. I just said it would have been a fascinating debate because he has technically you, you, outsold them. Yeah, but albums per year or records per year, right? He made for in volume, but he's also one of the biggest singular music pop music acts of all time. If you look at his complete catalog. Between the Beatles, Wings, what he's what he's what he did duets with others, he's top two. He's on a he's on a Mount Rushmore. Absolutely, he is, no doubt. All right, uh, one more before we get out of here. Connor Willis says politically, one of the best things for the Republican Party would be for DeSantis and Trump to try to outbase, outmaga each other for the Republican nomination. I love competition. Quick buy, go mm, sell. Before we get out of here in these unprecedented times, Dang. make sure you go into the real estate market with an agent you can trust. Where would you find such a person? The name, we made it so simple for you. The name says it all. Head to realestateagentsitrust.com. We'll hook you up there. Uh, give us some of your info, basic info, what you're looking for, who you are, where you're going, where you're leaving. And our team will contact you to make an introduction to one of our preferred agents. We've literally got thousands of agents around the country waiting in line to get listed in this database because we do vet and verify their track records of success. So we want to help to make sure that you have the least stressful experience possible because it's going to be stressful. There's no way to avoid this not being stressful, but we want to take as much of the stress away from you as we can by the confidence of knowing that ultimately at the end, you're going to get what you want, right? Realestateagentsitrust.com is where you want to go. Once again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. We've got some bonus buy, seller hold that we are going to record for Blaze TV subscribers in the overtime in just about 20 seconds. As soon as the music kicks in and this show is done, we will stick around at blazetv.com slash dace and bring you, for you to be uh, downloading and, and watching later, some bonus buy, seller hold in the overtime. That's also where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.